Hey everybody, so today I want to talk about video game addiction um, and actual social media addiction as well. They're, um, it's a pretty big problem and, and as a child and family therapist I'm becoming increasingly concerned um, with children's irritability, they're almost like addictive behavior, get out of my way, I need this, you know, sacrificing playing outside, doing other things, um, practicing homework, just kind of scribbling things out so they can get back to their game getting really upset, hysterically upset when it's taken away or turned off. It's causing a lot of problems in, in households everywhere. Um, and, and there's lots of video gaming that's an issue. Fortnite is probably the, the one that's causing the most problems. Um, so I wanted to speak about that today. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week. And we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So the first thing I wanted to do was explain to you kind of what's happening in your child's brain or even in your own brain, our brains, when we're stuck in a YouTube hole or a Facebook uh, wormhole. Um, what's basically happening is there is a, a hormone called, a, a, called dopamine and dopamine is actually meant to reward the brain for doing something really long and really tedious and really boring where there isn't a reward every time, um, like fishing. So I apologize to people who love fishing. I don't love fishing. You sit there for hours and, and what keeps you there is the hope that the next time you're going to catch a fish. And then when you catch that fish, there's a massive dopamine rush. And that dopamine rush is to reward the brain for doing something boring that will ultimately keep us alive. Hunting, uh, gathering, looking for things, all of those things, building shelter, things that we don't really want to do, but when they're done, or when we actually catch one or find one, it feels amazing. That's an incredible reward for the brain, which keeps us moving forward. And that's what dopamine was designed for. Um, now, dopamine receptors in the brain um, reduce or die off uh, when they get um, a hit. So when you've had a, you know, a whole bunch of dopamine hitting your brain because of a video game you've been playing or something you've been doing, then you need more of that um, thing to give you the same thrill that you got the last time because the dopamine receptors die. So um, you have to keep getting that thing, which actually is nature's way of keep doing this because it's keeping you alive, it's good, it's gonna keep you fed, it's gonna keep you healthy, um, and it's supposed to work that way. Uh, but you know what, um, with video games and shopping and for, um, you know, for older kids, internet porn, um, social media, the streaks on Snapchat, all that stuff is designed to keep us coming back and wanting more and getting another dopamine hit and another dopamine hit and another dopamine hit. Um, dopamine will always lead to some form of addiction. That's how it's designed. You need more of that thing to get the same thrill as the last time. It will always lead to addiction and it is in search of pleasure. Dopamine and pleasure are very connected. And I think, um, and there's lots of people that talk about this, but we've kind of mixed up um, happiness, contentment, um, and, and uh, pleasure. They're two very different things in two very different parts of the brain. Um, so pleasure uh, will needs to come from adrenaline, dopamine, some, you know, those kinds of, 
of hormones and you get those through, you know, searching around forever or on Facebook to find something interesting in this political world. Ooh, what's next? Oh, that's boring, boring, seen it, seen it. Ooh, what's this? And we get that little rush of dopamine and that keeps us coming back for more. Um, we don't know yet the effect that that's having on the brain. Um, if I look in my work or even if I think about my own kids, um, so my two oldest are 25 and 23 and neither one of them, just because they weren't a thing, got smartphones till either the very end of high school or the beginning of university. My little one who has just turned 15, she is in the middle of a completely different world. You know, the, the Snapchat streaks and Instagram and the likes on everything and um, the binging on Netflix and the um, you know you, YouTube stuff and YouTube stars that you can just watch over and over and over and over again to see what kind of weird thrilling thing they're going to do next. Um, it's a very different world. Her brain is having a very different experience than my two older kids' brains did. Um, but what I want to help people understand is that happiness doesn't come from those things. It never will. It'll never come from anything up from the outside. It'll come from relationships, connection, giggling, helping each other, volunteering, um, playing board games together, even snuggling up and watch a show. At least you're together. Um, that togetherness and that connection, that's what connected parenting is all about. That's why I'm so big on, on helping parents use that connection as medicine to repair and heal the brain. Um, those kinds of interactions will, will release serotonin and oxytocin um, in the bloodstream. And those are beautiful reward chemicals and those are healthy. And the great news about those is you don't need more of them to get the same feeling the next time. They are constant and they will always lead to happiness, to contentment. Uh, to a feeling of kind of um, inner warmth and peace. And so the more children or the more all of us actually are connected to our screens, the less we are connected to each other. Now what starts to happen is you go in the room, you say, honey, turn the video game off. Get out, get out of that good part, get out, get out. Right, or, or leave me alone, or you're so mean, you're the only parent that cares about this, nobody else does this. You kind of get this barrage from your kids of, um, what's happening in everybody else's household. But I guarantee you, everyone's struggling with this. All parents are struggling with this. They're all trying to find their limits. They're all trying to find a way to make this work. It's not going away. This is their world. If anything, it's gonna get more intense with virtual uh, reality and all kinds of other things. Um, it's going to become a bigger part of their lives, not a smaller. So they have to learn how to regulate. They have to learn how to manage. They have to learn how to value real human connection and relationships and how important that is for their brain. Um, and it's, it's a very difficult thing in a family to figure out what those rules are going to be. Um, when your kids tell you that other kids are playing for hours and hours and hours, that's mostly true. You know, a lot of parents are trying, but there are kids who are literally on their phones or on their video games, five, six hours a night, which is unbelievable. They will all tell you, oh, I need it for homework. Oh, I'm doing, and, and, you know, there are kids who can multitask, but there's a lot of evidence that shows that the second your phone dings or the second there's some kind of ping from one of the million apps uh, that kids are connected to, um, that their attention wanes after that. And they're, they're, it's drawn away from the task that they're at hand. Um, it also really interferes with connection so that you become this thing in between them and their addiction get out of the way, just a minute, leave me alone. They're, they're sitting at dinner, but they can't wait to get back to what they were doing or you're driving home and they can't wait to get home to their video game. Um, and you can feel it. You can feel it as parents that we're sort of, they're looking past us, like, <laughs> get out of my way. Um, and that can be really stressful. It can be very hurtful as a parent. And it's also really difficult to know how to manage. 
Um, so I think the first thing is help your kids understand this. Teach them about dopamine. Teach them about serotonin. The second thing is video games aren't going away um, and social media is not going away, but you can use it the way it's intended. So what I say to the families that I work with is um, the, all screens, whatever it is that they want to be um, connected to, happen after you've done the stuff you're supposed to do. So um, can-dos after must-dos. Right? So you do your must-dos, your homework, your chore, your hanging out with the family, walking the dog, um, playing a board game, whatever it is, do your connection stuff first, and then you can be rewarded with dopamine, which is actually how it's supposed to work. Um, it's one way to kind of turn it on itself. Um, kids will push back like they're addicted, right? So they're going to be on the floor crying, yeah, it's so mean, you're mean, you don't understand, I'm on this level and that's going to ruin everything and I'm on this team and they're going to tell you all that stuff. But when you see that behavior, that's such a strong indication of how addicted they actually are that they're on the floor over this. Um, really shows us how, how addicted they are to the device. Um, the other thing to really think about is there's sort of, I think there's sort of three levels of, of um, social media or screens. I think um, probably one of the most, uh, I, don't, I don't wanna say damaging, but the worst kind in my mind um, is actually, and I love Netflix, don't get me wrong. But um, you know, when you just kind of sit there and you're like binging on shows and you don't even have to hit next episode, it just happens. So I see a lot of um, older kids in particular, but actually young kids too, just binging and, and knowing in their head, I've got stuff to do. I've got to finish assignments. I've got, I should go out. I should get dressed. I should go take a shower. Um, but the next show comes and the next show comes. And this voice in the background that tells you, you have to turn it off um, is so muffled and they just get sucked in. The next kind um, would be, you know, video games, I guess. Video games, at least you're planning and you're strategizing and you are talking to people usually and you're working on a team and you're, you know, covering each other and you're, um, you're active, your brain is at least working. Now you're getting pummeled with an unbelievable amount of cortisol and adrenaline um, and dopamine, which is not so great for the brain, but at least there's some active thinking and some strategy and some planning. Um, and then the kind that I think is, is not too bad at all is, you know, if you're on YouTube and you're watching, you know, how to make wallets out of duct tape or you're researching Leonardo da Vinci, like you're on um, uh, YouTube or whatever it is that you're watching to find out information and to learn and, and to find resources. And that's sort of the best kind. And you can in your family decide that there's different levels of screens that they're allowed to have and not have and certain amount of time that they're allowed on each one. Um, I think that can be very helpful. Uh, but the truth is you have to be, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, that we are the substitute frontal lobe for our children. They don't have, even teenagers, they don't have that full capacity yet to inhibit and organize and prioritize, to anticipate um, how, how dangerous this could be or how, how unwise it is to spend so much time on something when something else needs to be done. Uh, even the understanding of time is not really there. I mean, that's really a frontal lobe um, uh, job, right? It's the frontal lobe's uh, job to understand where you are in time, how much time you have left, how to shift your attention, how to switch your attention. So we really have to be the frontal lobe for our children and they are addicted. So they are going to make it difficult, but I will give you a tip. Um, and if you want more, you can contact us at Connected Parenting, but most of the time, overwhelmingly, most of the time you are bracing yourself 
for this whole thing. And there is, in the beginning, there definitely is. And this is where you have to be like an oak tree. Stand there rooted to the ground, solid. You know, I love you enough for you to be mad at me. I really believe that this is good for you. And I don't care what's going on in someone else's house. This is what's happening in our house. Um, and just really neutral, not screaming and yelling, not threatening, just standing there absolutely firm in this neutral, strong way saying, you know what, you can make all the noise you want. I love you enough that these are the rules. There are lots of things. There's circle. There's a number of different ways that you can um, limit your child's screen. So they shut off at a certain time. You can have weekly meetings where you look at cell phone usage. Um, certainly the, the latest Apple phones have that. Um, you can have blackout times where everybody's phone is off and certainly no phones at dinner, no phones while kids do, or, or um, devices while kids are doing their homework. Um, you know, you can actually say to your kids, you know what, you can have as much video gaming as you want. You can have as much screen time as you want, but we've got to play a board game. You've got to walk the dog. We're going to have dinner together. Um, you're going to do your chore, you're going to practice your instrument, whatever it is that they have to do. Um, and when that's done, you can have video games or screens until 10 o'clock when you go to bed. And they're usually very happy with that. They actually think that's great. But really, it's exactly the same as if you say you can only have it for an hour and a half or two hours. Um, if in terms of recommendations, you know, I really, I personally think, especially with little kids, maybe under 12 or 13, they don't need screens during the week, they can have them a little bit on the weekend. Um, if they are going to have screens, I would limit it to half an hour, an hour a day, special events. You don't have to count um, TV shows that you watch all together. Uh, this really can be time on your on your smaller devices. Um, you can reward them uh, with their screen time for doing the things that they need to do. If they do it well, if they do it quickly, if they've done a good job, they can earn their screen time. That's a great way to, to use it. Um, you'll have some fussing, you'll have some um, flapping around, you'll have some crying. I've even have kids that I'm working with that are in a fetal position on the floor crying, um, which is awful. This is real for them. I don't mean to make light of it. It is real for them, but that actually really shows me how addicted kids actually are. Um, and they'll tell you that kids are having, you know, all kinds of uh, privileges at home and some are and some aren't. Kids aren't always so honest about what they're allowed to do at home. Um, but the key is stand there like an oak tree. It's usually about 24 hours of fussing and getting really upset. And then miracles happen. They're sitting playing video games with you. They're laughing again. They're not looking past you anymore. They're connected to you and with you. Um, it, it's really quite lovely. And, and I've had so many families and, and I've done this too with my, my husband and I've done this with our 15 year old and it was ugly. I won't lie. It was ugly. Um, it was 24 hours of you're ruining my life and I hate you and you're so mean. But you know what? Out of her room came this child who was playing board games with us and giggling and laughing and snuggling again. And it really is such an important thing um, that we take a stand and we do this and we do it with confidence and we do it without being angry. Um, the last thing I want to say too is, you know, if your child is playing video games, this is especially true for older kids. And they finally come out and we say things like, oh, well, there you are. And have you done your homework? And I could hear you screaming on that. I don't like the way you guys talk to each other. And if we're like that, as soon as they come off or out of their room after being on the video game, they're going to go right back in because, you know, ew, I don't want to come out and get that. So when they do come out, remember to pay attention to the connection, to laughing with them, joking with them. Don't use that moment to nag and tell them all the things they haven't done right. Make sure you're using that connection. So they wanna be connected to you 
not their devices. So it won't be easy, but it'll be worth it. Thanks. Hi, I'm Barrett Caleri from Connected Parenting. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. And don't forget to check us out on the web at connectedparenting.com and like us and follow us on Facebook.